What's up, everyone? Great to be back. Hope you're doing well. Coming off the heels of an absolute monster <laughs> three-part saga detailing my sprint three of the year planning three-part episode. If you haven't listened to it, I've been getting a ton of amazing feedback on those. Highly encourage you to do it. Basically plotting out the entire trajectory of my month-long business planning process, um, how you can apply this to your business, where I ended up, I don't think anyone expected, which is with closing down my agency and setting a date to shut it down in 2024, which is pretty exciting, and uh, a bunch of other things, including some areas where I was giving other people advice but wasn't taking it myself. Definitely encourage you to check that out. But like I told you, um, after the three-part diary entry of the last month, I wanted to come back with some stuff that's a little bit more tactical, focused on some kind of specific issues and problems. And today's is going to be a deep dive into how to scale a business without working more hours. And we're going to talk about what that looks like, what people run into when they try to grow their business and where they get blocked and how to approach it. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool. Before we get into it, because I am the sponsor of my own podcast, highly, highly encourage you, if you are enjoying The Rich Webster Show, go ahead, check it out. How to Work Less is my cohort-based course. I teach it three times a year. Right now, we have early enrollment open for cohort six of How to Work Less. Okay, it is from the day I'm recording this, in 50 days, we will start the course. Now, if you're the type of person who likes to plan or you're the type of person that likes to save money, if you go over to learn.howtoworkless.com, you can save a whopping $1,000 off of enrollment. Every year, I see people sign up at full price, and I don't understand why, because if they just planned a little bit, they could get in, same as everyone else, for $1,000 cheaper. So if you're self-employed, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, a freelancer, etc., and you are selling services, coaching, marketing, consulting, et cetera. Um, you are a perfect fit. We have students coming anywhere from 5K a month up to seven figures. If you want to do basically, honestly, a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, if you want to work less, scale your business without working more, build systems to run your business without you, and get my expert mentorship, this is for you. And a big new announcement, this is the last time I'm going to be teaching this curriculum live. There's going to be more on that soon, um, but we are going to be restructuring how the cohort is run. So it is still going to be a live experience where we do live sessions with me. But rather than me repeating the same slides that I repeat over and over again, um, cohort after cohort, it's going to be a different model. So if you want to see me teach, you know, see me run back the greatest hits one more time, January's cohort is the last time to do it, and it also happens to coincide with the new year, which is an awesome time to work on your business, especially if you're at the end of the year and you're trying to figure out how can I get uh, one last business expense in to maybe decrease your tax burden. Maybe you've got uh, two grand sitting in the bank account. Wouldn't be a bad place to spend it and set yourself off for a really, really awesome 2024. So like I mentioned, learn.howtoworkless.com. You can save a thousand off enrollment. If you enter your email there, you will get the details on how to enroll early. If you don't know a lot about the course, 
just enter your email and I'll send you a bunch of info about it. And definitely, definitely check out our wall of testimonials on that page. These are all people that took the course. I think what we're doing is really life-changing and those testimonials speak to it. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So leaving the heels of Rich's personal diary and going back into something a little bit more practical, we're talking today about how to scale your business without working more hours. Now, who doesn't want to scale their business, right? You know, make more money. It all sounds great, but the best way to scale <laughs> is without working more hours. And what I see happen time and time again, um, because I have seen so many people's businesses I've seen under the hood, the biggest problem I see with self-employed businesses, so solopreneur, freelancer, running an agency, coaching, consulting, service businesses, is they run up into this one problem over and over again, which I call the time bottleneck. Okay, so when I ask them, what's your biggest problem in your business right now? More often than not, they're going to say that their biggest problem is they just don't have enough time to do everything that they know they need to do. And if we were to dig deeper, that's not the real problem. But the problem I see with the time bottleneck is it manifests itself, this issue, as a situation where you are maxed out on time and you are maxed out on money. So that means that you have no more time in the day, no more time in the week to do anything else. And as a result, you can't make any more money because you're basically trapped in a headlock at the current stage of your business. And what I see is it's like <laughs> the business freezes wherever it is. So it's like, I don't know, Han Solo in Kryptonite, if you're a Star Wars fan, you get to the point where you're maxed out on time and the business just stops growing. And what I see happen is, and this is a good problem to have because it at least means that you're making some money and that people want to pay you for whatever it is that you do. Okay, so the problem before this is a different problem, which I tackle on a previous episode. If you want to go back and you know, maybe you aren't maxed out on time yet. I call it the three phases of solopreneurship. It's episode 13. You can listen to that and I'll tell you what to do if you're there. But if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I definitely relate to being maxed out on time. I don't have enough time to do everything that I do. So when people hit this time bottleneck, what usually happens is they stop doing the things that grow their business. So they stop doing I've made this distinction. There's two different types of tasks that a business owner can work on. There are maintenance tasks and there are growth tasks. Now you have to do both of them, uh, but maintenance tasks are the things that you need to do in order to maintain your current level of business. So if you want your business to be exactly the same, do not grow at all, do not expand, do not change. There's a certain level of performance that you must meet. If you want to grow your business, then you need to do growth tasks. So these are the things that, you know, when we talk about working on your business, not in it, those are the things like, you know, building systems, delegating, um, increasing your prices, coming up with a new strategy. These are the big picture things. And most people really just kind of go back into their shell. They're a turtle, <laughs> like a turtle, and they stop stuff, right? So they stop marketing 
tactics for looking for new clients. They stop posting online. They stop trying to delegate and they just do it all themselves. And essentially what happens when you hit the time bottleneck is you don't work on your business at all because you are too busy with maintenance tasks. And what I've observed is when you hit that point, something needs to change fundamentally in order to get your business functioning again. And more often than not, the best way to solve this problem and to actually come out on the other side in a much, much better position is to take one step forward, sorry, one, one step backward in order to go two steps forward. And I really encourage you, if you're in this situation, to do a thought exercise. And what I usually ask people to do here to kind of diagnose their situation is if you are maxed out on time and maxed out on money, ask yourself, like, if I wanted to double or triple my business, could I do it doing exactly what I'm doing now? And usually when people think about this, the only way that they could possibly grow their business is just by working more hours. So everything is directly tied to their time. And if they wanted double the money, they would somehow have to figure out how to work double the hours. And maybe you're already working 40 or 50 hours a week and doubling that's just not possible. So you're essentially trapped. So that's where I come in. And that's where today's episode focuses. So if you are in this situation where you feel like all of your time is spoken for, there's no time to do anything other than just keep things at the status quo, I wanna give you a playbook for getting out of this. And this is exactly what I tell people that pay me lots of money to help fix their business. So hopefully you can take something from this today. And it's a simple framework. The biggest problem that people run into is they cannot get out of the weeds in order to see that this is even happening. And I say that from personal experience. Someone Last week, we last week I did a couple of um, calls with folks who took How to Work last last cohort, and I do kind of like a giveaway um, where I do some like free sessions after the course. And I was talking with someone. They asked me a really interesting question, which was, "What would you say was the biggest mistake that you made in your business? Like, what was the biggest thing that was holding you back?" And I told her that. Probably the biggest mistake that I made in the first five years of running my agency was that I had absolutely zero awareness that I was even running a business and how to approach solving business problems. I was so problem unaware that I didn't even understand that I had a problem. And this is what happens to a lot of people when they're in this maxed out place. They can end up plateauing for years or for decades at the same level of income because they never solved the problem that we're going to talk about solving today. So this stuff is really, really important. I know this from personal experience. I was plateaued for definitely five years and didn't even know how to solve it because I didn't know I had a problem. I thought this was just like, oh, well, okay, this is just how my business is. Okay. So if you're interested in scaling, aka making more money, in your current biz without working more hours, um, which is how you would probably solve that problem now if you didn't listen to me. Let's talk about how to do it. 
like I mentioned, you need to take one step back in order to go two steps forward. And I'm gonna give you three different ways that you can start. And you need to do this first step before you can do the second step that I'm gonna tell you about. And they're both really important and they both work together. And the first step is going to sound extremely obvious, but most people don't ever know how to get out of it. So step number one, if you wanna make more money while without working more hours, is you need to figure out how to free up some of your time. And what that looks like is asking yourself, how could I possibly get out of 10, maybe 15, ideally 20 hours of work a week so that we can fix this time bottleneck issue? And that's going to sound really difficult and or impossible to some of you because part of the problem with being maxed out on time and money is you end up designing everything outside your business based on this income ceiling that you've created. So potentially you're in a situation where you're living paycheck to paycheck um, or you're barely making ends meet. Even if, you know, I've seen this happen even with people who are making six figures, they hit the wall at six figures and they have a six figure lifestyle, which is fine, but they just keep running up against this, this wall. And what is difficult for many people, understandably, is if they don't have a lot of runway, um, in order to free up your time, you may have to take a small financial hit, but it's not going to be as painful as you think it is right now. You're not going to have to lose 50% of your income in order to free up your time. And I'm going to give you the steps to do it. Some of these steps don't require any financial sacrifice. What they require is a sacrifice of how you approach your how, fundamentally how you approach your business and how you deal with other people and they have more to do with setting boundaries and people pleasing but we'll get into that all right first step thing i want you to do more than anything else is i talk about this all the time the reason i talk about it all the time is because you need to know this if you do not know your numbers and you have a business you're self-employed you know small business consultant, whatever, coach, and you do not know right now exactly how much money your business is making, how much money your business is spending, and where that money comes from, that is the first problem that you need to solve. You can literally turn this episode off. Nothing matters more than getting clear on how much money is actually coming in from your business. So before we go any further, and this isn't even the step. This is preparing for the step. You need to know that information. Once you have that, what I want you to do, and I talked about this, um, I've talked about it a couple times, is you got to do an 80-20 analysis of your business. And essentially what an 80-20 of your business is, is it is to sit down and examine the relationship between time and money when it comes to your different clients, activities, revenue streams, etc. So if you're a client facing business, what I want you to do is I want you to go through each client that you have or each project. And I want you to write down next to the name of the client, how much money you made from them and how many hours you spent working on their project. Then you're going to divide that 
those two numbers from each other and you're going to get an effective hourly rate. Okay. That number is what you're going to do for every single client. And you're going to start to find out who are your good clients and who are your bad clients, who's profitable, who's not. And if you don't have clients and you have some other type of business, maybe you have like a creator business or I don't know, creator business is the only example I can think of. Let's say you do different types of projects or you have multiple streams of income. I want you to do the same thing before the projects or for the streams of income. So maybe you have advertising revenue, maybe you have um, sponsorship revenue, maybe you do a little bit of coaching, whatever it is, same idea, right? You need to sit down and figure out what are your most valuable activities in terms of hourly rate and what are your least valuable activities. You're probably going to find that a small handful of things that you're doing are making you essentially no money and they're taking up a decent amount of your time. The first thing that you need to do is you need to stop doing those things. Okay. And this is absolutely essential if you want to solve the problem of the bottleneck that you're currently experiencing because those are the things that are going to block you, right? And they're going to keep you from growing. It's the least profitable stuff that you do on a weekly or monthly basis, and you need to stop doing it immediately. So you may take a little bit of a financial hit, uh, but what you'll usually find is if you just find one more client or one, you know, focus more on your best clients or focus more on your best revenue streams, it will pay it'll pay for these couple of projects or clients that you're dropping right away. Okay? So if you do that, maybe your revenue is going to go down by 10% or 20% in the very very short term, but we are opening up our time. You might save five hours a week. You might save 10 hours a week, maybe 15 from doing this. And that is step one. Okay. So we've been talking about freeing up your time. So the first way you can step free up your time is to 80, 20 your business and go through that process. Step two for freeing up your time is saying no. Sounds extremely obvious, but what I have seen over and over again, if you're looking at a lot of people's time audits and how they spend their time, is we do a lot of stuff in our business that doesn't make money or isn't a good use of our time. And we do it for no reason other than we think we need to do it. And most people, when it comes to this, their biggest hurdle is nothing other than a lack of imagination about what's possible in your business. So what I want you to do as you think about like what I could remove from my business completely is leave nothing sacred. Literally ask around. This is like the thought exercise I'll tell people. Whatever you think your business cannot function without. So maybe it's sales calls or maybe it's regular client check-ins. Or maybe it's writing proposals, for instance. And whatever you think you must do, I want you to just ask around. Maybe go online, you know, and just ask the question: Is there anyone out there who runs their business without sales calls? Is there anyone out there who runs their business without weekly client check-ins on a Zoom call? Is there anyone out there? 
who runs their business without writing proposals. I did. What you're going to find is that you have a decent list of tasks that you do on a regular basis that if you're just a little bit more creative and a little bit more resourceful, you can remove completely without affecting your business at all. All right, and leading right into this. So that's number one is figure out the stuff that you're doing, the clients, activities, projects that aren't profitable, stop doing them. Number two is examine in your business, what am I doing that I actually don't need to do that I think is really important. And I have an episode that goes into much greater depth on this. If you already feel like (laughs) you don't know how to do it, first of all, be more resourceful. Okay. Number two, I go through an entire episode where I talk about all the things that I didn't do to get my agency to half a million dollars a year in 15 or 10 hours a week. No proposals, no social media, no awards, okay? No doing work for less than my minimum rate, meetings one day a week, whole bunch of other stuff, all right? Whatever you think is sacred, it's not. We just need to be more resourceful. Identify some things that you're doing that you don't need to, that's gonna get you some more time, all right? And the goal here with this step is to free up some of your time so we can start spending it on, you know, getting out of the bottleneck. Last step related to saying no is you need to think about as you fulfill or as you sell whatever it is that you do, I want you to map out your fulfillment system. And what I mean by that is I want you to map out once someone buys something from you. So whether they buy a service from you or they buy a product or they go through anything. Once the transaction happens, I want you to sit down on a piece of paper and write out the exact steps that someone goes through from the time that you pay them to the time you get to work and go through the entire stages. Maybe it's like a website project or whatever it is, writing a blog post if you're a writer and Go through every single step of the process, including how you communicate with them. And what I want you to look at, eventually you want to redesign your entire fulfillment system to remove yourself from it as much as possible. We'll get there. That's not today. But I want you to think about how you can streamline and redesign your communication system so that you spend less time on a daily and weekly basis doing back and forth communication. So places where you're going to want to look are emails, meetings. Those are the two areas and feedback. Three areas where you are probably spending a bunch of time being super, super inefficient. And if you can redesign the way that you handle the communication around your fulfillment with customers, with clients, that's going to be the last piece of the puzzle. And by the time you do these three things, you should have at least enough time to figure out how to solve your bottleneck issue. All right, so the first thing is like, let's figure out how can we get you 10 to 15 hours a week? And it's gonna be painful, right? You're gonna have to do things that you thought weren't possible. And if you want more on redesigning your communication system and you're really not not feeling creative, uh, one of the things I teach in How to Work Less, it's the fourth lesson, is this entire process. And you can literally steal my system, including all the s- things that we use, right? The client portals, the meetings one day a week, um, the policies, the procedures, all that stuff. So if you're not feeling creative, I can help you with that. 
I don't have time to do a whole episode on it right now because it's about two hours to teach. We do all three of those things and we freed up some time. Okay, the second thing that you need to do if you want to scale your business without working more hours is once we have our time freed up, we need to figure out how we make each unit of time remaining much more valuable. Okay, so your time can be significantly more valuable than it already is. And our goal is first, we get rid of all the wasted time. Get that out of here. Your goal is to spend that freed up time doing things that are significantly more profitable. And there are going to be two main ways that I'm going to share with you to think about how to increase the value of your time in your business. And they're going to sound extremely intuitive. You're going to get it when I say it, but the problem is you're not going to do it. Let me repeat that. You're going to understand. You're going to say, Rich, I get it. It makes perfect sense. But the one thing that's going to hold you back is you're not going to do it. So before I even explain it, just know after we talk about this, you have to do it or it doesn't work. So to make each unit of time that you spend in your business more more profitable, more valuable, there's kind of two ways that we can approach this. And the number one way that I tell people how to make more money without working more hours is really simple. You've heard it a million times. Increase your prices. And the mistake that people make is what we talked about at the beginning. This is the bottleneck approach to making more money in business. You think that the way that you can make more money in your business is by getting more customers doing exactly what you're doing now. So when I ask folks like, how do you think you'd go about making your business bigger? Well, they say, well, I would just need more clients. I just need more clients and to do exactly what I'm doing now. That's going to hit the time bottleneck right off the bat. So instead of the old approach of growing businesses by increasing volume, having more customers, we want to focus on scaling by increasing prices. And what that means is that you are going to need, if you want to do this long-term, you're going to need new clients, right? Didn't I just tell, wait, wait, Rich just told me I don't need new clients if I get, you know, if I don't have to scale with volume, you do need new clients. You want to get rid of your old ones. You don't want, what most people do is they take their old clients and they want new clients to go with them. So they have all these clients and they don't have the time to do it. So they do nothing. Okay, so you don't need to do more. What you need to do is you need to do exactly what you're doing now, but you need to do it for different people. So let's say you're selling something simple, like a website. You don't need some new complex system or add-ons, or you don't need to bundle things in a crazy way. The biggest, best way to increase your prices, and we could talk about increasing the prices with your current clients in a second, but is to find new clients that get the most value from what you currently do. And this requires actually having to think about your business instead of just staying with the people that you're comfortable with. And I had this conversation and the key lesson here when we talk about finding new clients is you want to find clients that really get a ton of value from what you do. 
with my agency, there are millions of people that would benefit from what we do. Um, but we were really specific about just a certain type of business and a very specific like line in the sand of who we work with. And that was because we had determined who gets the most value from what we do and then went all in on that. And if you're maxed out on time, you're probably chasing after the wrong clients. The real lesson you need to understand and like the principle behind all of this, and this is going to sound kind of like not, <laughs> not chill, but when it comes to business, it is, and we've all seen this, it is much easier to help winners win more than to help losers win for the first time. And we have all seen this with bad clients, no matter what you do whether you're a coach or you're a web developer or a designer or whatever it is that you do, a writer. We've all had good clients and you know what it's like when there's a good client. Everyone is happy. We're happy because we're doing great work. They're happy because our great work is helping them to win more. And when you get the bad clients, it's the folks that are like, I need you to fix my entire life. And I barely want to pay you for it because I don't even value solving this problem. Write this down. It's easier to help winners win more than to help losers win for the first time. Sad but true. You know, and <laughs> I feel weird about using the word losers because it seems like that's an, <laughs> that's an offensive term. But, you know, replace your own word there. So if you want to scale by increasing prices and set up with volume, first of all, Long-term, you need different clients than the one that you have now. If you want to keep the same clients that you have right now, there's going to be one thing that you can do. We'll get to it in a second. All right. Second thing is you need to stop pricing by the hour and you need to start pricing based on value. And the problem that people have with value pricing, this is like, I feel like I'm being really hardcore here, <laughs> the problem that people have with value pricing and why they can't do it is transparently, they are not good enough to value price. If you are not creating enough value for your client and you cannot articulate why you're creating that value for your client, it is going to be easier for you to charge by the hour. The way that people generally price in their business is something like this. They have a project. They figure out like, all right, what's the scope of this thing? What are these people asking us to do? What do we have to put together? What are the deliverables? And then from that list of tasks, we come up with a list of how many hours it's going to take to do it. So you say, okay, you know, to do this uh, brand identity, what it's going to take is X hours to go through all of our different phases of the process and you come up with a number of hours that it takes you. And from there, you multiply it by some hourly rate, some number that you've decided is the hourly rate. And then you tack on what is an offensively low profit margin, 5, 10, 15, maybe 20%, which you probably read somewhere and you don't even know why you do it. And that is the price. That is how most people who do not do value pricing come up with a price for a project. It's a terrible way to do it because what it does is it ignores the fundamental exchange that's going on when people buy and sell goods and services. 
when you buy a product at the store, do you care how many hours it took the company to manufacture it? No. You're not like, well, you buy, I don't know, let's say you go and you buy a, a t-shirt or something and you go to the cash register and you're like, hey, listen, I want to know how many hours it took everyone to put this thing together because I want to make sure it's a good deal. Okay, we don't do that. The way that we calculate whether something is worth the price is by how much value we get out of it. And the way we calculate value, value is determined by the customer. Okay, when we set prices internally based on how many hours it takes us to do something, we are ignoring the fact that value has nothing to do with how many hours it takes. Value is what the person purchasing it believes they will get from the transaction. Okay, so the new way to think about this, and you have to be good to do this. Many of you are good and you don't understand it. Okay, you have to be good. And what you do is for whatever you sell, you have to figure out what is the value being created to your customer. And like we just talked about before, different customers are going to value the same thing much, much differently. Okay, why will some people pay $10,000 for a handbag and other people would never buy it? It's because they don't value it. And these are the same people in the same handbag. Same thing with what we do. Our goal is to find the people that value what we do the most and then charge a percentage based on that value created. The easiest way to think about value created is obviously with dollars and cents. If you can say, go to a business and like say, okay, based on how we've done uh, projects with previous clients of your size and your type of business, I think that it's pretty fair to say we will generate an additional $200,000 in revenue for business over the next 12 months. What you could then do is charge a percentage based on that value. So in exchange for us creating that value, you know, I think it's fair for us calculating for risk to take 20% of that, for instance. And that's how you charge $40,000 for a website. Okay. That's the easiest way is if you can put a financial price tag on value creation, that's great. But what you need to understand is that dollars and cents is just one of hundreds of ways that people determine value. And people value all kinds of things that have nothing to do with money, right? We'll go back to the luxury goods example. That handbag, right? It's not going to make you any money. It's not a business opportunity. There's no... ROI on the handbag. So you have to ask yourself, what are the other types of value that we're creating that we should charge for, but don't equal dollars and cents? There are a lot of them. What I want you to do is if you want the answer to that question, pick up a book. It's called Implement Implementing Value Pricing. It's by Ron Baker. It will blow your mind. That's all I can say on it. But what I need you to know is that in order to increase the value of your time exponentially, you must stop selling based on how long it takes you to do things and start selling based on the value that you create for businesses. Okay. So that's number one is scale by increasing your prices instead of with your volume. 
right? Going back to the original question. The question is, how do you grow your business without working more hours? Charge differently and charge more. Second thing is, and a big mistake that I see people make, and this is such an easy fix, is if you have clients already right now that you like, maybe you did your 80-20 exercise and what you found was there are a couple that are really, really, really good clients and um, you want to work more with them and less with all the other ones that aren't good clients. You need to sell to your best clients longer, ideally indefinitely. My agency, I had some clients that were like with us for five, six, seven years um, to this date. And you want to sell to your best clients for as long as humanly possible. And I'm going to give you the short hack here, which is in order to sell for longer, you must offer a long-term option. So many times I see people tell me, they're like, well, Rich, um, we just we, we just do projects. Like we don't do retainers because we just do projects. Well, let's think a little bit more creatively here. When you do the project, my experience has been that when I'm going through a project, I tend to see a ton of other problems with the business of the client that I'm working with. And usually I can solve them. And what we do with my team is as we're going through that, we have a document where we write down all of the other problems that need to be solved in their business so that we can keep working with them after the initial project is over. So one of the best ways to start here is just to ask yourself the very simple question. If you work with a client and you solve their problem, you do whatever it is that you do successfully, what is the problem that happens right after they work with you? What is the next thing that comes up? Okay, that's number one. Number two is as you're doing your project, list all the things you could work with them on next. And the number one thing you need to do, if you're not doing it now, no matter what business you're in, is offer a long-term option. No matter what the original project was to agree on, give your customers a choice to keep working with you for a long period of time. Even if it's just 20% of the people that say yes, you are losing out on that money by never asking them. And selling to your best clients for longer has been my bread and butter in my agency. It's how I got to the point where I was doing half a million dollars a year with just like six clients. It's because the same six happy clients on retainer for a long time, getting a ton of value, we're creating value, everyone's really happy, and that's a good business. All right. So if you're in the situation where you have the time bottleneck, where you are maxed out on time and you are maxed out on money, the first two steps that you need to do is first of all, you need to free up your time. You need to go back to the drawing board, one step back to take two steps forward and figure out how to free up your time so that you can really start creating meaningful change. Because if you don't do this step and you skip it, you're gonna end up in the same bottleneck, right? Your business won't be built to do the things that you need to do. Second thing is make each unit of time in your business more valuable. And I told you some ways that you can approach that right off the bat. These are the two ways I recommend for any kind of business. Scale by increasing prices, sell for longer. And there's some approaches that I shared with you. Once you do both of those things, we get into the advanced level. And I'm going to tell you what the next step is, part three. Um, but I'm going to direct you to two places to think about how to think about 
this last piece of the puzzle. All right. Final step is we freed up our time. We've increased the value of our time. Now we need to get leverage. Okay. And the way that we get leverage in our business is we use people and systems to work less and earn more. And the two ways that I like to approach this are through delegation and through systems. This is the final piece of the puzzle to scale without working more hours. Delegation. What I'm going to do is I'm going to direct you to episode 11 of this podcast. It's called Steal My 80-20 Delegation System to Work One Day a Week. And that tells you everything that you need to know about this. If you haven't listened to it yet, start there. Okay, there's like an Instagram post that goes along with it. I think I maybe linked to it. Second thing that you're going to do. So delegation is number one is you need to build systems to remove your time from your business. So in all of the different areas of your business, marketing, fulfillment, sales, um, what else? Retention, client happiness, all these different areas of your business, you need to create systems to remove yourself from them. And there are a bunch of different systems that I like to use in my business. The main things that I generally think about the ones that I like to go back to as the kind of building blocks for systems are, what are the names of them? I thought I had it written, <laughs> I thought I had it written down right here. All right, one second. They are, oh, I didn't write it down. Okay, I'll just say it off the top of my head. Number one is your strategy. Number two are your boundaries. Number three is your tools. Okay, there's pieces of software, automation, things like that. Number four are SOPs, and number five are templates. We'll go deeper on that, but where I want to direct you, if you want to start thinking about building systems after you've implemented these steps, number one, hop on to startbuildingsystems.com. I have a free email course. If you haven't taken it yet, I encourage you to check it out. It is seven in-depth emails talking about how I approach building systems in my two businesses. Great place to start if you're thinking about creating systems. Second thing that you can do is go back into the pod library to episode six. It's called Seven Systems I'm Using in My Business, and it's a deep dive on how I approach systematizing the many different parts of my business so I am as removed as possible. So I'm talking about content system, client onboarding system, referral system, fulfillment system, so actually, how do we remove ourselves from the day-to-day -day fulfillment in the business? Okay, responding to client system, newsletter system, getting leads in customer system, all that stuff. So you can check that stuff out. And that's the last step really, is how do we get ongoing leverage in the business so that we don't have to do everything ourselves? And I love people and systems in order to get there. I hope all that made sense. If your goal is to grow your business without working more hours, this is the playbook. It's not complicated. Um, you probably, hopefully, listened to most of what I said here. And maybe after I explained it to you, you understood it intuitively. The last piece of the puzzle is you just have to do it. You have to take action on it. It's Knowing this stuff is, does nothing for your business until you implement it. So the last step here is really to just go back and think about implementation for all this stuff. All right, we're back with some tactical stuff this week. I think I've got another tactical one loaded for tomorrow. Um, I'll try to do a good mix of, you know, really kind of business focused stuff like this episode. And then we'll go back and forth um, with updates on how I'm approaching this stuff and implementing it in my stuff, in, in my business. So that's it for me today. 
I want to just leave you with uh, the same reminder I started the episode with, which is early enrollment for How to Work Less Cohort 6, which kicks off live January 8th, is open right now. If you resonated with this episode and maybe you feel like you need some additional support from me in order to implement this stuff, maybe you want to be in a group of people implementing all this stuff, or you want the support of me and my team, the best place to do it is How to Work Less. Okay, this is what we do. We teach you how to grow your business without killing yourself, without working more hours. So if you're the type of person that's self-employed, maxed out on time, maxed out on money, what we do is we show you how to scale the business without working more hours with our systems, our frameworks, our templates, our tools. We teach you how to build systems that run your business for you and spend your time doing things you love and delegate out the things that you don't. So if that resonates with you, learn.howtoworkless.com. Grab that $1,000 discount while you still can. It will not last forever. And I will see you all next week. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you soon.